0: Thank you for listening to Preaching the Word with Nathan Deach. Welcome and thank you again for joining me on the mysteries of God's Word. Today we're going to be looking at God's covenant with Noah. There are seven primary covenants. In Scripture, and the covenant of Noah is the first recorded covenant. We'll talk more about covenants when we get to the covenant that God makes with Noah. We start today in Genesis chapter eight, verse twenty, and we're going to go through Genesis chapter nine, verse seventeen. So starting at chapter eight, verse twenty, the scripture reads, "Then Noah built an altar." To the Lord, and took some of every clean animal and some of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. Now, building an altar to the Lord was an act of worship. Often, burnt offerings were done in the Old Testament on a stone altar. Before the Levitical priesthood was established by God, men would build these altars to God. On important occasions such as this, to thank God and praise him, such men included Noah, Abram, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Gideon, and Job. The burnt offerings were choice meat, and they were consumed by the fire as they were offered they were they were burnt up their burnt offerings these blood offerings foreshadowed. The coming sacrifice of God's only Son, Jesus Christ, who would be the final and the sufficient sacrifice for sin. We're told in Hebrews chapter 10 that all of these animal sacrifices could not take away sin, but only the blood sacrifice of God's only Son. Yet these sacrifices were given in thanksgiving and in faith to God for His provision of. Salvation in their lives, and his promise of coming salvation through the Messiah. And their acts of faith were pleasing to God. And so we see in verse 21, it reads And when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man, for the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth neither will I ever again strike down every living creature, as I have done. God begins his covenant promise here, after Noah's sacrifice on the altar. He says, never again will I curse the ground and strike down every living creature. God showed mercy on all mankind for the remainder of mankind's existence upon the earth. And this has been God's promise to never again send a global flood, to destroy all land-based animals. He says, while the earth remains. So this promise extends to the very end of the earth. So any political or philosophical movement that propagates the entire destruction of the earth is not based in biblical truth. God has promised that the earth will endure. It will continue. And we read in verse 22 that while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Chapter 9 begins saying, And God blessed Noah and his sons, and he said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. This blessing upon Noah and his family. God is again blessing mankind. To be fruitful, to multiply, to fill the earth. In fact, God is going to repeat this blessing one more time in verse 7, where he says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. It's identical to that phrase God gave Adam and Eve in the garden. Then we read in verse 2 something that is a little bit unusual. It says, the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth. And upon every bird of the heavens, upon every thing that creeps on the ground and all the fish of the sea, into your hands they're delivered. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. As I gave you the green plants, I give you everything. Now this seems a little unusual because this would appear to be a change in the diet of man. It says the dread Of you shall fall upon every beast. This appears to be a change in the relationship between man and animal after the flood of Noah. So, before the flood of Noah and even on the ark of Noah, the relationship between man and animal was friendly. But now, after the flood, God is changing that relationship, and animals will fear man and they will be food for man. Prior to the flood, it would appear man did not have a diet that included meat. God is giving the animals as part of man's diet, just as he had given man the green plants. In verse 4, God says, But you shall not eat flesh with its life, that is, its blood. So God isn't telling Noah that he can't have red meat. He's just told Noah he can eat. Meat from the animal. What God is doing is forbidding abusive practices to animals. This phrase, you shall not eat flesh with its life, is speaking to the act of eating live animals, or taking part of an animal for food and leaving it still alive, or even sacrificing live animals. These types of practices were more frequent earlier in the world and sometimes are still practiced today. Using the descriptor of the blood further describes this prohibition as one against eating an animal with the blood that's still flowing in it. Blood represents life and atonement for sin in Scripture. When God first speaks on this, he's telling Noah that he's only to eat animals that are dead. Man is not to consume live tissue with blood that still flows. And God is also stating that man is not to drink blood or consume blood as a drink. Eventually, under the law of Moses, when an animal was killed from hunting, it was required that the blood was was drained on the earth. And even in the early Christian church, Christians were discouraged from from eating something that had been strangled without draining the blood. Interestingly enough, modern science has confirmed what scripture has taught for thousands of years, that our circulatory system delivers blood that gives life to our bodies. In verse 5 and 6, God gives mankind a warning. He says, for your lifeblood, I'll require a reckoning. From every beast, I will require it. And from a man, from his fellow man, I will require a reckoning for the life of man. For whoever sheds the blood of man by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. Here's the first clear-cut law against murder. Prior to this, God punished people who had murdered such as Cain. God wiped out the world when it had become violent. But here God gives a command with consequence. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. In fact, God holds animals accountable as well if they shed the blood of a man. And again, we see that God does this because God made man different from any animal. Man is made in the image of God. While man can shed the blood of an animal, man's blood shall not be shed, because man is made in the image of God. Then God tells Noah, again, be fruitful and multiply, greatly increase on the earth. And in verse 9, we see God establishing, officially, if you will, the covenant. God says, behold... Let's just talk a moment about covenants. Covenants are similar to promises, but they have stronger implications. When God made a covenant with Abram, he had Abram bring a heifer three years old, and a female goat three years old, and a ram three years old. And then God had Abram cut each one in half and lay the halves next to each other. That practice of cutting animals in half and then walking between them was a sign. It was a sign in ancient times to affirm that if someone breaks the covenant, that same thing that happened to the animals would happen to them. And God always keeps his covenant promises. Deuteronomy 7, nine reads, Know therefore, that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. This concept of covenant is very important in scripture. In fact, the word testament, Old Testament, New Testament, it's another word for covenant. We have the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. And as I mentioned prior, there are actually seven primary covenants in Scripture. We're not going to cover them all today, but I want you to understand that concept of covenant. And today, God is establishing that first covenant with Noah, and in fact, with the earth, with all of mankind, that He will never destroy the earth again. And in verse 12, He says, And every living creature of all flesh. And the waters shall never again become a flood and destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. And God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. So God, again, establishes his covenant with Noah. The first recorded covenant in scripture, and it foreshadows the new covenant under Jesus Christ. This covenant begins the promise of salvation and protection of a new world. God's covenant promise to Noah is that through Noah, a man of faith, The world would be spared. And with his family, God would usher in a new world where he would never again destroy it by water. And we see that sign of the covenant is the rainbow. It's the sign of God's covenant with Noah that includes every man, all generations, and all creatures. And when we see it in the sky, Scripture tells us God sees it. And he is remembering his everlasting covenant with all flesh that is on the earth. There's only one more time when all things will be destroyed, and it won't be by water. It'll be by fire. And that will be the return of Jesus Christ to set up a new kingdom where once again, God will destroy the earth, set up an everlasting kingdom under his son. If you haven't put your faith in Jesus Christ, Today is a day of salvation. Trust in Jesus, the coming King, the one who has established his covenant with his people. And through faith in Christ, we can be saved, just as Noah was saved, and be ushered into the new world in eternity when he comes again. Thank you for joining me today. God bless you this week. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understandings.